Hello, this is Reverend John Harfouche, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Pastor Christy Amira Harfouche. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, let's read it together. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, I want you to stop for a moment and just lift up the word of God to heaven with me and just say, this is a word of God. It's not subject to opinion. It's not subject to debate. He's alive. I will hear his word. I will believe his word. I will change and I will act accordingly. If you believe that today, let out a great shout of praise for Jesus. You may be seated. Now we see that Paul came to the Corinthians and said, I did not come with enticing words of man's wisdom. I didn't come in the persuasive, pretty language of empty words. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Did you know you cannot be convinced into transformation? You can't be talked into salvation. There's a miracle that takes place when God's truth gets a hold of you. There's a difference between fact and truth. Fact could be the temporary that you see. But fact will never make you free. Only the truth makes you free. God's truth does not change. God's truth cannot be uh, 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 downgraded to a level of mental ascent. 
You can't convince somebody that they're a new creature. They've got to be born into it by the supernatural power of God. There's a power that takes place. And this is what Paul is speaking about. He's saying, listen, I, and Paul was educated. Hit the person next to you, say, Paul was educated. You know, there's scriptures that talk about the men who followed Christ, uh, Peter and those who were fishermen. And the Pharisees said, uh, these are unlearned men. But Paul was not in that category. Paul had trained at the feet of Gamaliel. Paul was educated in the old covenant, in the ways of the law. Paul was a scholar. He he was a, a teacher before he met Christ. He had all the ability to be persuasive via his language. But he knew that he would be cheating people if he put their faith in the natural instead of putting their faith in the supernatural. See, the Bible said that you have been born from above. When we met Christ, we became a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. Now, that means that you and I have been transformed into a creature, or that word means creation, thank God. Uh, You've been transformed into a new creation, and that new person that you are is not satisfied with just natural uh, knowledge because the facts can fight against the truth. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor Christy? That sounds crazy. Yeah, there, see, the truth changes the fact. If you put your faith in the fact, you cannot change it. But if you see the fact, but put your faith in the truth, then the truth will empower you to change the fact. The truth will give you the ability to be the anointed one who casts out the devils, who heals the sick. Hallelujah. That's what we're called to do. And, and uh, uh, glory to God. And so then... He keeps going. Are you with me? Yes. How be it, in verse 6, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Notice that come to naught. What is he saying? He's saying, listen. We don't speak the wisdom of the highest level on this earth, the princes of this earth. He's saying that's the highest level of wisdom on the earth.
speak the wisdom of this world. We don't speak the, the, the wisdom of these, the princes of this world. What is that? Those are the, the, the royals. He's, he's talking about the principalities. He's talking about the powers. He's talking about the rulers of this earth. Hallelujah. It's okay. You're going to get it. I'm going to preach you into it. and You're going to understand what I'm saying. He's saying that even the greatest wisdom on this earth is not as powerful as the wisdom of God. So I'm not going to come to you even in the greatest form of wisdom that mankind can produce or that even the evil rulers in the invisible world can produce. I'm not going to come to you in that wisdom because then your faith will be set in something that is fact-oriented instead of in faith-oriented because you're not called to see it and believe it. You're called to see it and believe it and change what you see in the world around you. Hallelujah. See, we have been given a gift. The Spirit of God being poured out and being clothed with power like the word of God speaks about in the book of Acts. Listen, first of all, before I go on, let, let, me, let me just say this before I go on, uh, uh, just tune in to what I'm saying this evening and put everything else aside. I know that there are distractions. I know that there are other things on your mind, but none of those things will outdo what God wants to do in your life today. And so as people, we can get caught up in a morass of information and miss out on the simplicity of the truth of the word of God and the promise of God for our life. God does not get stressed out by all of the reasons why his word's promise is impossible in your life. He doesn't get nervous. He doesn't break a sweat. He doesn't care if there's a thesis written about how impossible your situation is. The information will not overwhelm him. He is the one who spoke and light became. What is there that can stand in his way? If he said it, he will bring it to pass in your life. Hallelujah. And so when we speak about the truth of the word of God, Paul said, listen, these princes of this world, they're going to come to naught. They're, they're going to they're gonna die. And then it's going to be over. And their wisdom's going to go with them. Because they don't know enough to save them. Because it is not the wisdom that man teaches that saves you. It is not a philosophy that changes you. It's not just positivity that transforms you. There is a miracle of God that takes place by his spirit that transforms us and takes us from the kingdom of darkness and brings us into the kingdom of light. And so Paul was very clear about this because Paul had to take everything that he knew and he had to count it 
dung. That's what the Bible says. He counted it all dung, meaning that he said, okay, God, I want you to reteach me. Listen, there is some, there is some wisdom that's in this world that's devilish. That's what the Bible says. There are some, there's some information that's out there that is a, an assassination attempt against the plan of God in your life. There are philosophies that are trying to cause, that are trying to put a hit out on your call. And you've got to say, no, I count it all as dung. God is going to show me out of his word what the truth is. And the truth will set me free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo. So he said, listen, even the greatest wisdom of the princes of this world are, it's going to come to naught. It's going to be over. It's, they have an expiration date. Glory to God. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. We speak that? We speak the hidden wisdom? Well, what is the hidden wisdom? What is, what is it that God had intended before the worlds were framed? What, what is it that God had intended? Well, we know that God had intended that the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, would give his life so that you and I could be born into a new kind of life. We know that the mystery that Paul speaks about in his epistles is, I am my students, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Paul is saying, listen, there is a wisdom that's of God. And then there's a wisdom that's of man. There is a truth that is of God. And then there's a philosophy that is of man. Now listen, don't be deceived. You can't mix it. It just can't be mixed because everything that man knows is laced with a motive. Everything that God speaks is filled with power to perform it. So there's a difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom. And so we see that we, we, Wow. That, wow. We see that this mystery that was hid, hid where? Hid in God. Hid in God. And then we see that was still hid when Jesus Christ walked the planet. Jesus spoke in parables. He told the disciples, it's, it's for you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Right? He spoke in parables. He told them, listen, unless a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. What does that mean? That means that Christ said, listen, there is a mystery. 
And unless I sow myself, that mystery is going to stay a mystery. But if I sow this mystery in a hidden package, which is Christ, the, the secret weapon. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's secret weapon was Jesus Christ. The word become flesh. The mystery of the incarnation. The princes of this world didn't know it. We're about to read the scripture. It says if the princes of this world had known it, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Because they thought that they were hiding a mystery, but they were in fact revealing the mystery because by sowing himself, he reaped you and me and all those that would believe on him. And now the secret is out. Hallelujah. The secret is out. The mystery has been revealed. The Christ in us, the hope of glory. Stephen's face shone like an angel. Aprons and handkerchiefs taken from the bodies of the apostles. Casting out devils. Blind eyes opening. Paralytics walking. Uh, prison cells opening. Hallelujah. The secret is out. Well, well, what? How? Well, let's look at it. You may be seated. So in verse 8 it says, which none of the princes of this world knew. They didn't know it. With all the devilish knowledge. Listen, the devil is a snake. (laughs) I mean... And, and, and in, the, in the garden, he came to Eve, and this is what he enticed her with. See, this is why you've got, and I've got to guard our heart from information that's not helpful. You don't need to know everything. You need to know what truth is, what God promised you, what Jesus said. Hallelujah. And, and you understand what I mean? Take that and, and, and understand me. Don't take it out of context. Glory to God. But the enemy came to, came to Eve. And the enemy uh, came to Eve as a snake. Uh, and, and he told Eve, listen, uh, if you eat of this fruit that God said don't eat of, then you're going to be enlightened. You're going to know things. You're going to have wisdom that's beyond what God wants you to know. God's trying to keep you uninformed so he could control you. He's trying to keep you uh, uh, ignorant so that he can keep you obedient. The devil's a liar. Do you know she didn't learn anything by eating from that fruit? 
Do you know what she learned? She learned how terrible life is without God. Did she need that lesson? If you already have God, do you need to know how terrible life is without him? So was God trying to hide from her wisdom? Or was God, or, or, or was she already clothed in everything she needed? And now we're looking at an even greater promise, covenant, and manifestation in our life. And that is the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. But it was a mystery. It was a mystery the devil didn't know what he was doing. which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Of course they wouldn't have. Why would you multiply your problem exponentially? (laughs) You have one problem. You have one problem. His name is Jesus Christ. One problem. And, And you inadvertently fall right in Uh, to your own, uh, well, you fall right in. And, And that's the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is beyond the wisdom of man. It's beyond the wisdom of the devil. And so in verse nine, it says, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now I want you to stop and I want you to see how important that is. This is a scripture, verse 9, and it's saying, listen, there's, there's something that God wants to do and is doing that's beyond what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you taste, what you smell. It's beyond your senses. See, everything in the natural world can be perceived by the senses, but everything in the spirit realm must be perceived by the spirit and what God is doing is beyond our natural senses the reason that that is important is because we need to know that as we hear the word of God something is taking place within us that's beyond what we even know is happening within us because God's word transforms us the I feel like I might be going too fast tonight but are you with me The word of God, the the word of God says, be not conformed to this world. Conformed. Don't, don't be conformed. That, that word conformed is like being pressed. You know, you conform if you're making cookies and I hate to use cookies because cookies are so good. It's hard to make a bad analogy with cookies, but you have, you have cookies and you have a, a, a cookie cutter. You know, and it really doesn't matter, you know, you get that dough and, 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 uh, I feel like, uh, it's okay. <laughs> I was gra- greatly impacted by the ministry of Brother Norval Hayes. And I, I feel like this is a Brother Norval story because, you know, he would, he would say, you know, you get those cookies and, you know, you, He would always talk about food, but it's true. And and the cookie cutter makes that shape whatever it wants. And that dough has to become that shape. Well, you and I have to know that this world is trying to conform us to a shape that 
fits into that mold and there's a pressure involved and there's a pressing involved and there's a pushing involved. And the Bible said you are not to be conformed to that image, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. To the word of God. And so that's a miracle renewal. It can't be just an information renewal. It's, it doesn't just happen because of information. You don't just learn the word in word only and, and, and that's it. No, the word of God is spirit and the word of God is life. Hallelujah. And so that word of God is transforming us. Why? Why transformation? Why should we uh, uh, commit ourselves to being like Christ? I know there are many in the body of Christ that don't feel that they can ever believe to walk anywhere near the way that Christ walked. And so they say, I I." I'm sinful and I'm not perfect, but I know that Christ is. And that's a good start. That's where we all are when we come to Christ. We recognize where we need him, that we're sinners. And we say, forgive us, Lord, and accept us into your family and baptize us into your spirit and transform our lives. But the Bible says that once you become a a new creature, all things are passed away so we cannot believe that we have been transformed and yet carry around the old and and believe that we are still what Christ conquered did Christ conquer sin did Christ conquer sickness did Christ conquer fear did Christ conquer poverty then all of those things are dead to us because they died in Christ. We were crucified with him, the Bible says. Nevertheless, we live, right? Well, if we were crucified with him, then everything old was crucified with him. Now, did he resurrect new? Did, was, his, was, his, was he rev- revived? Was he all the way living? Well, was there any sin that he was carrying? No. He bore our iniquities. He carried our griefs on the cross. But they stayed on the cross. When he came from death, he didn't bring any death with him. He only brought life with him. So if we were resurrected with him, there's no connection to the old any longer. And so if we don't believe that Christ is carrying any sickness, that Christ is carrying any sin, then why would we believe that we in Christ would be carrying our sin or our sickness or our poverty? No, every bit of it was crucified in him and died that day. And we resurrected new and transformed. Hallelujah. So then we, we say, well, well, if we've been transformed 
if we've been changed, then, then why would we need to renew our mind to the word of God in order to be further transformed? Well, that's very, 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 very simple. Oh, I mean it. It's very simple. We are the branches. He is the We're not the source of our righteousness. That means that in order to continue in righteousness, we have to continue in connection. We're not the source of our health. He is. We're not the source of our strength. He is. We're not the source of our prosperity. He is. And so the renewal of our mind is not something that we achieve and then we're like, great, okay, I'm done. My mind is renewed. <laughs> you know, I, I speak the word, my goodness. I don't go by what I feel. You ask me how I'm doing, I may feel terrible, but I'm going to say Blessed. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you know that that, that there's not a a place that you get to and you're like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to learn the word anymore because it's not a lesson. If it was a lesson, we would be able to learn it and check it off our education list. But he is a person and the word is a spirit and we are called to be in connection to that spirit for every answer, every bit of strength, every bit of boldness. Hallelujah. So that's why it's a continual connection with Christ. See, this is what people don't understand. They say, well, you know, those, those people teach that, you know, you can be perfect. And, you know, they just, you know, get people into pride. Because, you know, people are just like, well, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm still a sinner. And, you know, and all this stuff, and they don't understand that, that it's not about being perfect without Christ. It's about, it's about not believing so much in your previous imperfections that it somehow pollutes the Christ, the one that you are united with. Because he said that they may be one as we are one, that they may be in me. We are baptized into his spirit. Do you think that your little bit of imperfection can overpower the righteousness that is in Christ when you were baptized into the spirit don't you think that that power and that fire burns off of you every residue of what was there before oh my goodness yeah no I am not impressed with my sin I'm impressed with his righteousness I'm not impressed with my weakness I'm impressed with his strength hallelujah Glory to God. Isn't that the truth? And so, no, it's not about thinking that we're perfect without Christ. It's about knowing that imperfections are not a good enough opponent to the perfection of Christ. I will put my money on Jesus any day. 
Ooh, if it's a fight between uh, some imperfection and the perfection of Christ, let the imperfection be swallowed up in his perfection. I'm yielded to the perfection of the Lord in my life. Hallelujah. And so, uh, so that, that, that's who we are. We've been born into that. We've been baptized into that. That's what, and I'm, I'm going to get back to this word, but that's what grace is. It's what grace is. See, people who don't know what grace is, they think it's like concealer. Now, <laughs> ladies, you know, you can let the gentleman know what that is because... If your family members are anything like my family members, the the men don't know the difference between mascara and lipstick. They don't know which goes where. But for those of you who don't know, concealer is a, a makeup product that covers up imperfections. So if you have a blemish or you have a discoloration or, or you want to get rid of your freckles, you know, or, or you want to completely transform your face, which people do, which is as scary as anything. (laughs) But grace is not like concealer. See, see, we thought grace was God's ability to cover up what was still under there. You know what I mean? I mean, it, you can't see it, but well, you better pray it doesn't rain. Because <laughs> that's just, it's just, it's just laying right on top there. <laughs> just, it's concealing what is beneath the surface. But no, grace is not like that. Grace is actually God's. Divine ability overcoming any human inability that you may have in your life so that you can stand and walk the way that he has called you to walk. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so that divine ability is what we're yielded to. And that, and and why is that important? Not because we want to be special, even though you are, but because the world needs the divine power of God. And the only way they're going to see the power of God is through the people of God. God said in his word. He said, how will they hear unless there's a preacher? How will they hear unless there's a preacher? What? Well, God, just just give them the word. Do you know what God would say to that? He would say, I did. I sent you. God, God is not impressed with your excuses. He's more impressed with the divine ability he gave you. Woo! Woo! You tell God, why well, I, I can't. You don't understand. I have these problems. Jesus understands. He had to carry every one of them. 
He's not impressed with the reasons why not. He is the reason why. (laughs) Woo! Hallelujah. And so that's why it's important to allow, to learn about God's ability working in us. Because God wants to use us to reach the world. He called his body, his body. That means we are the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ on the planet. We are called to reach. We are called to pray. We are called to proclaim. We are called to show. We are called to manifest his glory on the planet. Not by our own strength, but by the divine ability that he has put in our life. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I hasn't seen nor ear heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. No, this was a mystery. God hid it. We know the devil didn't couldn't figure it out because God gave a prophecy to the woman. Thank you, Jesus. And God said, your seed is going to, is going to crush the head of the devil. Your seed is going to crush, crush his head. And the devil was like the woman's seed, the, the woman's seed. Women don't have seed. What does this mean? The woman's seed. And so he, he, would, he, he tried to stop it. <laughs> but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. He's revealed them unto us how? By his spirit. Spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. My goodness. Go, Go with me to Romans. Chapter 12. Thank you, Jesus. And it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Holy acceptable unto God, which is your 
reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Don't let this world imprint upon you an image different than Christ. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove who? That who may prove? That we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, we know why God wants us to prove that. Because the Bible said that if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. That means God wants us to be transformed so that we can show off, not us, but so that we can show forth who God is. To a world that needs to know. Are you with me? Just put your hands on your spirit and pray in the Holy Spirit for a few moments. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Pray with us wherever you are, Global Church. As we're going to kind of wrap this up this evening, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. See, Paul said that he chose not to know anything except Christ and him crucified. Why did he say that? He must have known that when you have the wisdom of God, you have the wisdom that pertains to every situation that you may face. 
So there are a lot of people that can describe the problems, but not a lot of people that are carrying the answer. And when you have your eyes enlightened by the word of God and you see something that is a weaponized fact, a a fact that wants to rob you of your faith. Let me ask you, when the enemy said, you'll know good and evil if you eat of this fruit. That word means experience. You'll know it by experiential knowledge. Was he telling the fact? He was. It's hard to say that because you're like, no, he's a liar. Devil's a liar. He's always lying. He's lie. It, it was, but it was a weaponized perverted fact. It wasn't the truth. But it was a fact. It was spun, right? It had some spin in it. had a motive behind it. It, ha- it was deceptive. But it was a fact. And the reason why we need to know the difference between fact and truth is because the fact could be a symptom. But the truth is the antidote. Woo! The, the, The fact could be the wall of Jericho. The truth could be obey me and no wall can stand between you and victory. Hallelujah. How many of you know that the fiery furnace was a fact? The heat was a fact. The deadliness was a fact. All right? But God's power superseded the fact because the truth was when you put your trust in God, you will not be ashamed. Hallelujah. And so don't make the fact your theology. The fact is temporary. Your God is eternal. The fact is temporary. Your promise is eternal. And so when the enemy sends a weaponized fact, you and I have to have our shield of faith ready to quench that lie of the enemy because it is a lie because the fact carries the poison of the prediction of the future that does not line up with the promise that God has given. And if that is the case, then the fact is called a lie because it's carrying a poison that's not sent by God. Hallelujah. And, and you may say, well, that sounds like you're just living in denial. No, it's not denial. David did not say there's no Goliath. He said, I can take him. Now, the the fact was, in the natural, he was outweighed, out-trained, out-armed. Yes, in the natural, those were all facts. But the truth 
superseded the fact because the truth was based on God's power, not by what he saw or what he could sense. Hallelujah. And so we've got to be people of faith. Not, not denial, but the answer. See, it's one thing to see it. It's another thing to answer it. So just because there is a problem does not mean that you're defeated. Just because there is a situation, it does not mean you're defeated. Just because there is a Goliath doesn't mean you're going to lose. Just because there is a, 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 a Red Sea doesn't mean you've hit a dead end. Hallelujah. There's a fact. But you have been empowered with the truth that outlasts it, outarms it, overpowers it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Jesus saw the man that was born blind and everybody wanted to have an opinion about why he was blind. Nobody had the answer, but they all wanted to talk about the problem. They all wanted to say his parents sinned or did he sin? Who sinned? There's got to be somebody whose fault this is. And so everybody wanted to sit there and talk about the problem. But Jesus knew that if God was going to get the glory, the problem had to be answered with the truth. And the truth is God is the healer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Savior. Thank you for your grace for our country. Thank you for your answer for every situation. Thank you for unity in the body around the world. Thank you for your healing power touching every nation. Thank you for the prosperity you predicted. We thank you that you are our source, that you are our provider, that you are the healer, that you are the savior. We claim it for the world that we are living in. This is our time. We thank you for the responsibility to live word and to proclaim your truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So how many of you say that the problem and the reasoning behind the problems become a lot less important when you have the answer? Jesus said, neither did this man sin nor his parents. It's not about that. It's about the enemy. The enemy is the thief. The enemy is the murderer. The enemy is the liar. The enemy is the the divider. The enemy is the gossiper. The enemy is the one who does these things. Hallelujah. So we have been empowered with the answer, the truth. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We see that also with Lazarus. We see that when Jesus went to the family of Lazarus and Lazarus was in 
in the, the tomb. Everybody wanted to talk about what would have happened, how he could have done it better. They wanted to go into history as if somehow discussing why the man was dead was a fruitful conversation. The man was dead. He was buried. He was in the tomb. Why do you need a, a theology or a reasoning or a philosophy behind that? The only reason that you would talk about the problem so much is because you don't have the answer. But we are not called to be shrinks. Now, if you are a Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled shrink, God bless you and give you grace. But in other words, we are not called to just listen to the problems and have people accept them. Like, I'm just going to sit here and you just keep telling me for the next three hours what's on your heart. And then we're going to go back to when you were five and go to when you were six and seven. We're going to forgive uncle so-and-so and and auntie so-and-so and and the generations that went behind you because, you know, you're carrying guilt from that and all this kind of stuff. And then say, okay, now, did you accept all that? Can you change any of it? All right, just You ready to live with that for the rest of your life? (laughs) Have you accepted all of that? All right. That'll be $2,000. I'm so sorry if you you are a professional. I believe in your Holy Spirit led power to help people, but I'm not talking about that tonight. I'm talking about you don't have to live in the problem. You don't have to mull over it and meditate on it and become dull of hearing the voice of God because you've been in the pit for so long. You have the answer. It's not far away. It's not down there. The word is near you. It's in your heart and in your mouth. Hallelujah. That's the word of faith which we preach. Faith says if you're sick, God heals you. Faith says if you're poor, God has prosperity for you. Faith says if you're bound, God will free you. If you're addicted, he will loose you. If you're hopeless, he will breathe new life into you. That's what faith says. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated and I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go any further. I, I could go to the next scripture, but that's it. That's the word. Then that's, that's, that's what we, that's why we have to make God's word the most important, uh, uh, Investment. Why? Because you are not. You're you're not what people see. The greatest, and that's where I was going. But I could quote it. The Bible says, "The, the we have this treasure 
in earthen vessels. How many of you know people just see the vessel? They don't know what's in it. And imagine you are walking around like a safe. <laughs> and nobody knows what's in there. <laughs> but it's, it, is, it is valuable. How many of you know? You know, in a, people don't know. You know, you, you, they, people will judge you by what they see. That's all that they see. They don't have x-ray vision. They can't see into your heart. But God sees into your heart. And we know what God's put in our heart. We are not what we look like. We are not what job we hold. We, we are not where we're from or where we came from. We're not our history. We're not our family's history. We are these earthen vessels that carry the treasure. And what's that treasure? That the, the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That means that we are called. We are, yeah, we are called. We are called to demonstrate a power that is obviously not just us. We are called to speak with a wisdom that is beyond our wisdom. To have an ability that is beyond our ability. To have an authority that's above our authority. That's what it means to be a Christian. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. So when we invest, we invest in ourselves. We feed our bodies. We clothe our our bodies. You better clothe your body. (laughs) We, hallelujah. We take care of our physicality. We educate ourselves so that we can uh, be a benefit. We invest in every area of our life. But the greatest investment we can make is in what nobody else sees. Because that is the real treasure of who we are. And it'll, it'll sneak out. It should. The Bible said, who lights a candle and puts it under a bushel? God didn't intend for you to bushel your uh, fire. <laughs> he, he, right? He intended it to shine out. He intended people to see that there's something about you. He intended for people to be like, listen, I know I've been really rude about you and your Christianity, but I really need prayer right now. It's so true. Why? Because that's what the, you, your true self is what can only be perceived by the spirit of God. And you and I won't be fulfilled unless that truth is what we live for. You know, and I was going to read it. Can you believe I had so many scriptures to read? But the, the Bible talks about Moses he went up to the Moses, the, the Moses, he went up to the, <laughs> he went up to the mountain and he saw God, right? And when he came back down, whoo, he had, he had some residue. You know what I mean? He had, he was like, uh, supercharged. He had, he, 
he got some of that glow on him. You know what I mean? Uh, and so he came down and he was glowing. So they covered his face with a veil. And Paul speaks about it in his epistle. And he says that that veil in Christ has been removed from our faces. So that when we look into the, uh, the, the word of the Lord, it's as if we're looking into a mirror. Not so that the word changes to match us. But so that we change to match the word. And that means that you won't know what and who you are. Until you find it in him. There's nothing like finding out who you really are. And there's nothing like reminding yourself. Because, you know, the Bible said that somebody who hears the word and does it is like, well, the Bible says that somebody who hears the word and doesn't do it. Am I giving you too much? Is like someone that sees themselves in a mirror and then they leave and they forget what kind of man they are. They looked in the word and they were like, oh my goodness, that's who I am. That's what. And then they walked away and they forgot who they were. And you won't be fulfilled like that. Why? Because you'll end up on the couch of a shrink trying to accept (laughs) the problem instead of being the answer. Acceptance doesn't make the problem go away. Acceptance does not make the problem go away. You need God to fix the problem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the greatest investment that we can make is in the call of God on our life. Because when God calls you, and when we say the call of God, that that means that manifests as a desire. You know, when you have a desire to do something for God, uh, nine out of ten times, that's what God is calling you to do for him. Especially if you are yielded and you've already put all of your motives on the altar and said, you know, you know what I mean? You've already laid it down and said, okay, Lord, what, what would you have me do? And that desire comes up on the inside of you to be, to be like Christ. That desire comes up on the inside of you to help people and, and that call of God. And when you answer the call of God and you invest in the call of God in your life, that's the most fulfilling thing that you could ever do. Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com and we'll see you next week.